When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Master Your Mindset Podcast, episode 102. Guys, we are so excited for this one. We sat down with mental skills coordinator with the Philadelphia Phillies, Hannah Huseman. She also is an internet sensation with her Mental Sweat Mondays, giving you mental skills to be your best. And uh, she played uh, basketball and later softball at Tennessee Chattanooga. And we get into some great topics. We we're going to learn how to uh, manage yourself during quarantine. We talk about fear and failure, where confidence comes from, tips for parents. So parents, this is one that's one that you don't want to miss. How to overcome slumps. And she talks about her go-to strategies to win the inner game. Let's go, guys. Let's listen to Hannah Huseman. <laughs> Hannah, what's going on? So excited to have you on Master Your Mindset Podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. That's so phenomenal. And being a mental skills now coordinator, is that an upgrade from coach? I saw that in your title. Yeah, yeah. So uh, I think certain in different entities, but in baseball, um, the way it works is typically it's director, coordinator, coach, intern. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a little bit of a step up. Not, not that on the resume builder. <laughs> hey, any, any way we can advance that, that title is pretty cool, but maybe talk yeah. about, let's talk about the world we're in right now with COVID talking about yeah. mental skills training. And I think now we're seeing it's needed more than ever. So what skills have you been talking about during this uh, time? Yeah. So it's, it's definitely a time that nobody could have predicted and that nobody was ready for and nobody was prepared for. And so a lot of what um, the conversations I'm having right now with just people and, and players and staff and everyone is, is, is the kind of cliche, but it's like controllables and like, what can you actually do about like what's happening right now? Um, because in hindsight, 2020 is not a lot. There's so much out of our control, which is kind of cool because you know, in, in most, in most games, especially in baseball and in life and in, in, you know, whatever, you name it, your job, there's a ton of things that are outside of our control, even though we may think we have control over a lot of it, we actually don't. And so this is actually a really, really good time to practice. Like, okay, I can't control when my job returns to normal. I can't control anything, literally anything. When I travel, like we had, a, we had a big trip planned and it got canceled and we can't control that. And so it, it's really just learning how to roll with it and go with it and, and make the most out of it. How, how cliche that is, you know, but it really is like, okay, this is not ideal. We aren't happy. Like some people may say this sucks, you know, and, and they're not wrong. And so it's like, what can we do to continue getting better um, and, and deal with it in the best way we possibly can, right. From, from a physical standpoint and from a mental standpoint, obviously. And like, how can we not let this quarantine, this COVID-19, like, take over us? And, and how can we come out of this stronger, more well-equipped, maybe even with better perspective? Um, I've been talking about that a lot, too. You know, like, we were in the middle of spring training when all this kind of got shut down. And it's like, 
you know, during spring training, it's a grind. Like if you know anything about spring training, it's a grind. Everyone's like, yeah. when's this going to be over? Like at first it's exciting. And then you like get into it and you're like, okay, like, oof, how many days till we're done? You know, it's just like the natural human instinct. And so I keep saying like, I'm super hopeful that when we get back, like nobody's going to say that and everyone's going to be like, yeah, anything's better than being stuck at home for two months, you know, whatever it is. So I'm hoping it teaches us to go with the flow a little bit more but also just have some yeah. solid perspective on, on every aspect of life that we're in, whatever it may so, be. So how have you struggled during this time? Like, what have you caught yourself like having some issues or some fears? Yeah. So at first I would like, to be totally honest, at first I was pretty solid. I was like, cause I was, you know, spring training wipes you. Like I was home. I was like, I haven't been home for like a week in a really long time. And it was just nice to like, be with my husband and my dog and just kind of chill out for a little bit. Um, but then like, as it got longer, I was like, you know, I'm very active and very outgoing and very like want to be around people. And it, it's hard. It's so hard. And my job is talking to people all day and, and I'm still talking to people. Like I heard somebody say, you know, an eight hour meeting is like a two hour zoom meeting, like an eight hour in-person meeting is like a two hour zoom meeting. And so it's definitely like learning and figuring out the nuances of, of technology and stuff, but I've been okay. Um, it, it hasn't been awesome. Um, but I, I try my best because I know if I'm feeling a certain way, I know people I'm talking to are feeling that way too. And so I really try to be as relatable as possible. And like, look, I know I'm struggling this week as anybody else. And like all of a sudden people are like, Oh my God, yes. For some reason, like this is the week that's really gotten me. And so I think, over anything, my job and, and what I need most is social connection. And so it hasn't necessarily been like forcing mental skills on people I'm having conversations with. It's how yeah. are you? Let's talk. Tell me about your week. Like that's so such only, a good point. I like, love so that. The only not person you're not talking to. Skills. Yeah. yeah. Cool. Like, I mean, and some people are, and that's fine. Like some people are thinking like, this is quarantine. Like this is the time where we get yoked. This is the time where we get on this diet. We lose those pounds. We have these mm -hmm. conversations. And the reality of it is like, we're in the middle of a pandemic and it's like literal panic outside and everywhere we go. Like if you don't learn a new skill, it's okay. And, and I think there, there's this stigma that we should be like in the best shape of our life and the best version of ourselves when we come out of this. It's also, you're stuck in the house with, you know, how many kids you have, right? Like all, all so kids, many yeah. people like, and that's like, what do you, what? Like, if you survive this and get out of this, like good for you. And so I think it's, yeah. it's not forcing anything new, but it's just like connect with people as much as you can take time for yourself, make sure self-care isn't totally pushed to the side. Cause I know a lot of people who are stuck at home with their families, like you're busy, you're on zoom call, then you're dadding or you're momming or you're doing mm -hmm. this. And it's like, you never get that five minutes in the car ride alone. And so I think a lot of people are forgetting self-care too. Come on. I love those two words, self-care. Um, yeah. Another topic I like to, to work through, and I think it's not, not talked about enough. I was talking with a, a coaches across Washington State this morning, and the topic was about courage and about fear. One of the first topics is uh, you kind of roll through working the power of the mind is talking about, you know, when you feel nervous, when you feel fear, when you're afraid, so does that come up in your role and what strategies do you have or have you used to help people with like fear? Yeah, so fear is definitely a big one. Um, and I think the, the cool part of my job is what helps people with fear is everybody's different. And what, what may work for you to help you get through fear may mess me up royally, you know? And so it's, it's trying to like dissect who you are as a person and then try to figure out the way to get you through fear. 
Um, but just like any other feeling I talk about a lot, like fear is a feeling, right? Like we feel fear. And to me, like feelings are exactly what they are. Like I just feel a certain way. Um, it's just like confident, right? I feel confident or I don't feel confident or I feel mad or whatever it is. And it's like, feelings are what you give them. Feelings are whatever power you give them is what they turn into. And so for me, it's, it's not so much like, why aren't we confident or why are you fearful? It's okay. What do you do with that feeling? Like it, it may not go away. We, sometimes we can't prevent the way we feel about certain things. We can't prevent all the thoughts that come into our head. But if this is the thought and this is the feeling, what do we do with that? Like, can we make that feeling helpful to our performance? Are we fearful of failure? Okay. Why? Right. Like let's dissect that. Let's see if the reason you're actually afraid of failure is because, um, you, you have some, some deep rooted, like dad used to yell at me all the time. And now it's like, is that even something that you're trying to achieve anymore? You know? And so it's, it's almost like breaking it down and then not just like, okay, let's try to fix it. Cause you can't fear anything. It's like, that's okay. Like the feeling, whatever you're feeling is okay. Um, we just have to, try to make it work for you instead of against you. Like, how can we make this like fear of whatever it is, help you play better instead of get in your way? Because I am a firm believer that we can use any tools that you're feeling to help your performance rather than hurt your performance. And, and it's all, it's all a perspective shift kind of, and, and comes down to yeah. what do you make of that feeling, whatever it may be. Yeah. And I love the concept of trying to make teaching mindset skills normal. And it looks like things have changed over the last 10, 15, 20 years in the space, especially in baseball. So I think what things are you guys doing at, at your franchise to make working on your mind, it's like cool or it's like normal where you don't have to have something wrong with you, right? Yeah, yeah. So a huge part of my job is constantly trying to destigmatize what mental performance coaching is. Um, and, and we try to take a super proactive approach instead of just reactive. And so like, I say all the time, like if, even if things are going really well, like I want to talk, I want to know, I, I want to like dissect that and support you. Um, and not just when things are going poorly, like that doesn't mean you can't come talk to us when things are going poorly, but we definitely try to get ahead of time. And a great example of this is like telling anyone, like whenever you perform, you're going to fail. Like at some point or another, you're going to fail. You're going to strike out, whatever it is, you're going to fail. And like, if, if I'm the only person who's ever told you that, then I can be the bad guy. Like, that's okay. But when, it, instead of like panic, when we fail, if you have a plan, right, nobody, nobody wants to plan to go up and fail. You're not going to plan to go strike out. But if you strike out, I want to make sure you've got a plan. I want to make sure you've got routines, tools, whatever you need that you can whip out whenever you need it. Um, and, and sometimes like the way I sell that too, is if you're out there and a, something bad happens or you're in the middle of a really bad game or a slump or whatever it is and you haven't worked on getting out of it it's going to be really hard to get out of it chances are you probably won't and it may it may last three games instead of three outs like it may last a month instead of a week and so if you can go ahead and get ahead of it and know yourself right I talk a lot about know thyself it's like if you know yourself well enough that when something happens you know kind of what you need to do what you need to hear how you need to reset then you're going to be ahead of the curve and, and we're all going to make mistakes, but it's who can shorten the time between a mistake and the next mistake or a mistake and the next good thing. That's, that's going to be the most mentally tough player out there. So. Is, is being tough mentally, is it nature or is it, is it nurture? Cause wouldn't you say there's uh, some performers that like, they don't need to talk to you. 
but there's some performers that like they definitely need it because i'm yeah. trying to figure out like how can we again make this normal and get buy-in when people are like i don't i don't need this yeah um that's a good question i think i, I don't think anyone's just born with it i think if people have it then they were raised to have it and like don't like some people have solid mentalities like I, I would say like the way I was raised, like I have a really solid mentality, but I still struggle. Like I still struggle with confidence. I still struggle with nerves. I still struggle with all of that, but I, maybe I'm more equipped to handle it. Um, and so I, I definitely think some people, it, I think it's all within how you were raised and the experiences that you've had and the coaches that you've had and the impacts that people have taught you along the way. But I definitely think it's learned. I definitely think it can always get better. Um, and, and I also think there's a point where you can master it and you like really, really know yourself. But I think that's what's so cool is like as human beings, we're always evolving, which means we're always changing, which means the mental skills that work for you this year may not be the things that work for you next year, right? Just like your swing is always evolving. You're always getting better. Your body's always changing. And so your mind is changing too. And so it, it's, it's really making sure you have that growth mindset and that like, let's yeah. try to constantly make sure we're we're giving ourselves the best chance for success as possible. That's it. And uh, I think parents need a lot of this stuff too. You know, if I'm doing a workshop, I'll say, parents, tell me how many coaches your, your kids have had in their career, like 50 or 25 or 100. And it's like, well, how many coaches have you had to help yourself be the best parent you can be? So I'm curious with, you know, five kids, uh, what type of uh, lessons can you give parents in, in this in this space? Yeah. So or, or like, or like get... tactics or strategies, like what's the thing, the most important things we can be doing as parents to help instill confidence and all that stuff? Yeah. So I think it, it's, it's really simple. And obviously I do not have kids, so it's probably not as simple as I think it is, but I, I think the number one piece of advice I would give for parents is to try and be as consistent as you possibly can be. So whether if it's a bad game or a good game or whatever it is, like, don't just go get a snack after a good game, right? Don't just go get a, don't just like rip them on the car ride home after a bad game, right? Try to say, okay, really good game. Here's one thing I thought you did well. Here's one thing I think you need to work on. Really bad game. Hey, guess what? Here's one thing I think you need to work on. And here's one thing I thought you did really well. Um, just because like it, it, the damage is done with kids when they start correlating how much they're loved by their parent with how well they're performing. And, and I think that it, it turns into an identity issue once you get to professionals, like yeah. professional levels, 18 and up when they're like, they don't know themselves any like in any way shape or form besides a baseball player and that's a big part like a hard conversation to have is like you're going to be like playing baseball less of your life than you are not going to be playing baseball like and and that's a sucky conversation to have sometimes but it's also like you're so much more than just a baseball player and I think that starts yeah. from a really young age and and while you're being consistent like as a parent be consistent but also try to try to acknowledge the things that they can control. Like, good job, you hit a home run day isn't necessarily the best thing. Maybe it's, maybe it's what happened before the home run, maybe before they struck out and use like good effort after that first at bat. Maybe you don't even say mm -hmm. the word home run rewarding like the extrinsic wrong thing, you know? I mean, it's cool, like good job, but maybe it's like, maybe it's, it's way to lay off that first pitch and then wait till you get your pitch. Like something a little yeah. bit more in, in their control. And that way you're, you're rewarding, you're, you're noticing the things that they can control. That way they're striving to get better at those things versus striving at hitting home runs, which may not totally yeah. be in their control. 
That's it. That's really good. And I'd love to kind of to, to shift gears a little bit and talk about, you know, being a female in a male-dominated sport. And there's not many coaches like yourself uh, who are women with working with men. There is some, but maybe talk about that. Again, having four daughters, super inspiring to tell my daughters these stories of women who are crushing it, who are brave and courageous. And maybe talk about your journey in, in, that, in that area. Yeah, it's 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 interesting and it's so unique and I think I think it's cool because I think I'm in a role where it's actually an advantage to be a female um, because I think a lot of a lot of males may not open up to other males and like walk wow. up to another male and be like hey I'm not really confident but to me they're like wow. I, I don't have it today you know and but the thing I, I say all the time especially to females who want to get into the field is it might not have been easier to get my foot in the door right because like it is a male dominated they're looking for men like it always has been but i think once i got in the door um you, you knock it down like they're like oh shit it's a new perspective oh sorry um you can like, it's you a can new say shit it's all good it's <laughs> i never know i know you know you no know. it's cool but but it's like it's just it, it's i'm i'm me and i'm gonna bring my strengths but i'm also mm -hmm like the advice is like, it is a baseball world. Like it is, it, it's a man's world and, and that's okay. And I'm not trying to go in there and all of a sudden like change you guys to like conform to me, but I'm going to try to figure out how I fit in with you guys and, and fit into your world. Like, like I'm not like if a player comes in and they're dipping or whatever, I'm not going to be like, mm -mm, get that out. Right. I'm like, because my job is to encourage you support you and love you through it all and in the most non-judgmental way so come in cuss your head off like I actually have a pretty bad mouth but like you know cuss your head off do whatever you need to do vent cry like this is a no judgment zone and I'm here to support you in whatever way I can and sometimes that's just talking sometimes that's you know a, a deep conversation um sometimes that's a specific mental skill here go work on this um but I definitely think, I think there are some pretty big advantages of being a female in a mental skills coach role. So I've never thought that. That's a great perspective. Um, here's yeah. another question. Now, uh, the, the strategies that you're using with empathy and listening and providing the mental skills to perform, how much would you say that you've learned from school and your training versus like self-taught? I know I remember like question. a year ago, like you read a ton of books. I love reading. I love podcasts. So for people trying to get in the space, how much is it theory versus like real world that you've like self-taught yourself? Yeah, I, I love that question. I don't think I've ever gotten that question before. I, I'm, I'm a firm believer that you need the research and you need those books and you need to read that content, but I don't care how much content you have and how much not, you can memorize sports psych 101 books, but if you can't build that relationship, it doesn't matter what you can say. If you can't, if you can't hold this conversation, if you can't keep them in and make sports psychology fun and, and not scary and not this demon, like it doesn't matter if you're the smartest sports psych person in the world, like they're not going to listen, like they don't care. And so I think, I think a part of it is theory and, and textbook, but I think majority is building relationships. How can you communicate? Do you know when to communicate, when to shut your mouth? Like there's, there's so much that goes into the feel of it. We call it feel in baseball. It's like, like you have feel, you don't have feel. Um, but, but, and, and then you learn, you learn so much from observing, from being in the world, from, I think being an athlete helped me significantly. Um, just knowing the language, knowing, like I, I constantly try to put myself in their shoes. If I was the athlete, would I want to hear this presentation? If I was an athlete, would I want to be here? And sometimes like my point is to be stern, 
and like I'm like I might not like it but I get it and so it, it's, it's really balancing that but I, I think the bigger part is is really learning in the field um but but I definitely believe in in a master's in sports psychology and I believe in 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 the textbooks and, and the research and I wish I had more time to research but I mean that that's probably my answer right as I have time to research and I have time to do and I got to pick between them and I'm doing I'm not necessarily like researching all the time like research mm -hmm. takes up five to ten percent of my time while yeah. the other 90 percent is going and doing it so that's, that's yeah. my answer yeah I would say a, a big thing that I've always had a problem with I always relive and then pre-live but more or less I relive my mistakes um that's just something I've been hardwired I'm working on that but uh for you and your <laughs> role in, in your profession like what failures have been awesome that you just are so proud of that you learned a valuable lesson how do you get overcome failure because in your profession if you don't execute you don't have a job yeah so uh what failures, any stories you can tell that you learned some awesome gems? Yeah, so um, two come to mind. Um, the first one is my freshman year. Um, I actually played basketball in college before, and then I switched and played softball my last three years. Um, but that freshman year, like, kicked my ass in every way, shape, or form you can imagine. Like, I thought I was good enough. I thought I had it. And, and, and some of it was legit and some of it was unfair. And some of it was um, like, we, were, we, we weren't treated great. And, and it's a long backstory, but, but I truly believe that without that, like I wouldn't have the hard skin I have. I wouldn't like be able to hang with some of the guys I hang with on a daily basis and put up with some of the stuff. You know, it's just it, it like definitely toughened me up a lot. And I didn't understand then what it was building and, and now looking back I'm like because of that I can handle almost any situation um and and so that's really cool but and, and it's hard because I don't necessarily think of it as a failure but back then I did I absolutely thought that was a failure and and I couldn't believe it it was happening and it, it was really really hard um and then the second thing and probably one of my favorite things to talk about is um my like entire softball career so when I switched I always felt behind and I always felt like I wasn't good enough and I always felt like I lacked confidence and I was always trying to search for the, that confidence from other people, whether it was a coach um, or a significant other or my parents or friends or whatever. Um, and I never got it. And I never really understood the power of that until right now in my job. And it kind of clicked um, probably right when I got my master's degree, like right after it. Cause I was still like not super confident during my whole master's degree, but then it, during my first internship is probably when I really started to figure it out. But it was like, I have to be my own source of confidence. Like I have to be my biggest fan and my biggest critic. But if I'm my biggest fan, then all of a sudden I'm just like flowing with confidence. And, and I have people tell me all the time, like, you're so enthusiastic, you're so confident. And I'm like, that's taken a lot of time to practice and work on. But like, I am that because I want to be that. Not because I have a boss telling me you're so good, you're so good. You know, not because, uh, you know, I, my significant other, says all these nice things all the time, right? But like, just because I am saying them to myself and I believe in myself and I believe in what I'm doing. And so I think the biggest lesson like I've truly ever learned is that confidence doesn't come from other people. It comes from yourself. And if you want to be confident, like create it for yourself, like do, do what you know you need to do and then believe in yourself and believe in, in what you can do and the impact you can make. And then all of a sudden you're like beaming and people like are naturally gravitating towards you and, and want whatever you're giving off. And, and that comes from you. That doesn't come from anybody else. And, and I think that's, that's the biggest life lesson that I've had that's so far. Powerful. I love that. The power of self-image, yeah. power of self-talk. 
Um, I got, sure. I think, I think I got two more questions. T money might have one, but the next question is, can you give us an example of an experience where you work with an athlete that was there, they, you know, Hannah, I don't have the feel or things are not working. You kind of work through some systems or some strategies and they had, they had success that you just felt so proud or maybe it was something else, but like, is there a moment in your role right now over the last few years? It's like, man, I'm making an impact. This is amazing. Yeah, I, I think I think that's a hard part of mental skills is it's not necessarily immediate. And, and I think that's cool because when I first came in, you know, it was a lot of like building relationships and planting small seeds here and there. And and I think one of my favorite things is, you know, I'm constantly having a ton of conversations and, and it's sometimes hard to remember it all, but you'll say something and then all of a sudden somebody will come up and be like, can I did this thing and it worked. And I'm like, great. What was it? Like, tell me. And like, and, but they're like, no, it seriously worked. It was amazing. And so I think, I think the coolest part of my job is seeing guys go from, I kind of believe in this. Like I kind of know it's important. And then like be so bought in. They're like, what else can I have? What books should I read? What, what, you know, and, and just like diving in head first. I think that's the coolest um, thing that I've experienced so far. Um, it's just like, cause you can't force mental skills either. Like if, if somebody's not about it, like, if I force it, it could like do more damage than good. And so you kind of have to let them kind of come around, but to see culture shift and, and it continues to shift every day as more import, more and more people are buying into it um, and seeing that it's, it's a helpful tool and not a hurtful tool. Um, I think that's the coolest part is it, just slowly seeing the change. And, and all of a sudden they're like, Hannah, I love this. This is what I want to do. Let, let's, what, what more can I find out? I think that's the coolest part. I love it. And the last question I had before T Money is going to ask the last one is, um, is there like a strategy or um, a question you like to ask or a, a silly game or something to get people to learn something? What, what's your favorite go to to teach the mental game? If you're going to do an activity with a group, you know, um, something to get them to buy in. Is there any activity or a question or something that you do? Mm, that's a good question. Um, so, because think about this: we have to get their their buy-in first. We have to yeah. catch yeah. their attention and do an activity yeah. and an exercise. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's crazy, or yeah. that's cool, or I want to learn more. You know? Yeah. Um, so I, I think mine veers more on the. I'm I'm very conversational, and and so mine's more of a conversation and a roundtable discussion, and we're just talking and all this and. And then I'll say, you know, we'll start talking about how cool it's going to be when you make it to the big leagues, right? Like, like it's going to, it's like, that's all their dreams. That's all they focus on. You, you have any minor league player and that's what they say. And it just, it kind of comes down to, okay, could you imagine, and this is for all performers, right? If you're in a job, whatever, if, if you get that promotion, if you get that presidential, that CEO, whatever you're trying to achieve, could you imagine getting there? Like, because physically you've worked your tail off. You've done everything you need to do. You get there. You make it. Physically, you are there. And then mentally you don't have it or you're crushed or you choke or you panic or you do whatever. Like, could you imagine you work so hard physically and you got it, but mentally you screw yourself and they're like, you know, like everyone's like, no, I couldn't because, because it's taught and it's ingrained in their head to work really, really hard physically. And, and what sometimes is forgotten is the, the pressure of performing well once they get up there um and, and and all that and so it's that's that's something I talk to all the time and, and I think that's a really easy buy-in is them being like oh my god like even if it's not evenly distributed like I'm going to spend eight hours a day on my physical game and eight hours a day on my mental game you know it's, it's definitely not that but at least if they buy in they're like I'm going to take a chunk of time during every single day to 
implement some kind of mental strategy to make sure I'm getting better mentally as I am getting stronger physically, then that's all I can, I can ask for. Yeah. And, and with that, I think you guys talked with the Phillies uh, with like mindfulness and to actually journal, make journaling mm-hmm. a, a key thing. So maybe to, to add on to that last question, like what's the simple mental skill or practice we can do to train the mind daily where it's not just random? Yeah, I a hundred percent am a huge advocate for journaling. And, and I, I hate, I, I, I tread lightly when I talk about journaling, just because I think people can misconstrue what journaling actually can be because there's a lot of different ways to journal. Sometimes journaling is just sitting down and venting and getting it out and that's great and that works. But, but performance journaling is a little different, right? Really, really noticing like what went well today, what do I need to work on today and making sure those are all things that are inside your control. And I always say like, write down things you're actually going to want to go back and read. Right. Because if you're just writing to write, I mean, if, if for a performance specific journal, right. If, if you write down something that like a coach says, and you're like, Oh my God, I need to remember that. That's what you should write down in your, in your journal or your notebook. Or I made this adjustment today, write that down, write the date down. And that way it just gives you a little help That's when, so true. when something, when you're struggling, instead of just starting yeah. from, from zero and trying to go through everything that could be going wrong, just go back and look, okay, last week when I was performing really well, I was doing X, Y, and Z chances are one of those three things you may not be doing just because we constantly have so much information coming in at us that it's almost impossible to remember everything and so like you forget this tiny thing and like I I have conversations like that all the time they're like oh my why why was I thinking that and I'm like it's okay like that that's we're here to remind it and remember those things and and put it back into place so it can really be that simple I love it and I think I'm listening to on podcast a while back where it said you have this archive of, of of insight on yourself yeah, this archive mm-hmm. of information mm-hmm. when you're having success, when you're struggling. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. if you're in either of those seasons, you have this data that you can go to. So that slump is going to be way shorter than if you just don't know why you're having success or why you, you aren't having success. Exactly. T-Money, man. So, so, so Tanner's going into his senior year. He's a golfer. He's a nice. great leader, a great friend, just a great all-around dude. But T-Money, what, what, what questions do you got? We got yeah, so going off pretty much what you're talking about there, um, being a performer myself, I would say what's kind of one tip you have, what's one thing you tell um, the athletes you work with, like if they're in a slump, um, like how would you, to get out of it, to get back to performing at their best, um, to not let the slump get to them? Yeah. So I, again, I think it varies for everybody, but I think the first thing I'm going to say is this too shall pass. Like your slump will end. Like it's, it's going to end. Like, just like you riding high, it's going to end too. Right. Like that's like your life motto should be this too shall pass. And to just know like, okay, I'm grinding it out. But I think the other thing is to remember to not panic. So, so many times when we hit a slump, like people just go into straight panic mode and they start changing everything when the reality of it is it may not even be a physical slump. It may be something mental. And so before you start changing everything, like take an internal look, go back, look at your log, look at your dot, like just start going back to, and that comes back to like self-awareness. Like, are you even aware of like, when you are doing well, what do you do? When you aren't doing well, what do you do? Do you know, like, do you know how you're messaging yourself? Do you not know? And if you don't like, everything starts with self-awareness and and really going back and learning how to figure out who you are what kind of 
like level of competitor I need to be at to perform at my best. Um, but I, I think it's, it's, it's knowing that this slump is going to end and like convincing somebody of that. Cause, cause when you're in the middle of that, like there's no light at the end of the tunnel. It's like, this yeah. is never changing. This is awful. This could end my career, whatever, all the negative. Um, but then remembering that to not panic and let's just like, let's work on one little thing at a time to try to figure out what's good. Cause all of a sudden you just are out of it. Right. Yeah. And like, Sometimes it's something tiny, sometimes it's something big, but for the most part, it's like something so small that there's literally no need to panic and, and panicking doesn't help it. And we just have a tendency to do that. So this too shall pass. Don't panic. Perfect. Love it. And, uh, and you've been amazing. Thank you for your time. And before you of tell course. us where to find you, how about this last question? Tell us in your words, how you master your mindset. Ooh, how you, ma you master your mindset by knowing who you really are and by focusing on whatever you need to focus on when you need to focus on it that's my definition of mental toughness let's go let's get it well you want to tell us where where we can find you yeah um so my instagram is kind of my hot commodity right now um and it's just my first and last name so it's just hannah Hughes. that's it well hannah let's yeah. go thank you so much for your time yeah, thanks for having me, You're guys. Awesome. It was fun. Good, good luck. Thanks.